But we've got a special uh, message that's coming today, and I'm going to let the man of God introduce. Hey, good morning, BCC. Hope everybody had an um, awesome Thanksgiving break. Uh, I know I did. Uh, got a little things to work off uh, now. But um, I want to uh, say, first of all, you're in for a treat today. Um, let me say this. Before there was a uh, BCC, uh, before there was a Pastor Rand uh, and Sister Anna, uh, I came here as an undergrad student at Iowa State sent here by my mom on the Greyhound bus. And uh, those of you who can remember back to being in college, away from home, away from your parents, uh, things start to happen in your life. And uh, what I mean things, not just financial things, but things in life. And I would call home and talk to my mom. And, and um, you know, I would try to get some type of sympathy on my side. And she would always, no matter what, give me what the word said. No matter what. Can I, can I get a little bit of love? No matter what. <clears throat> it was always what the word of God says. So I introduced my mom, who's going to come to you um, in the spirit of uh, what I would describe as Mary and Martha, <laughs> who knows how to sit at the feet of Jesus and knows how to prepare the table and put food on it and dress it up and bless it. <laughs> Amen. BCC, let's give a warm welcome to my mama, uh -oh, mama. <laughs> Minister <laughs> Aline Jones. Praise the Lord. I'm not about formality, uh, not formal. I'm country. I'm from Montgomery, Alabama, so I'm going to give you what God gave me, and I'm going to sit down. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 13. We won't be before you long. Starting with verse number 10. We're going to read to 17, 10 through 17 of Luke chapter 13. If we have it, say amen. amen. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. And was bent over and, can in no, and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to himself and said to her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hand on her. And immediately she was straight and glorified God. But when the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, and he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them, not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey 
from the stall and lead it to uh, way to water it. So all not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. And when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Amen. If you're here, God will do it. If you'll listen, God will set you free. We just want to talk for a little while. Freedom to be free. Freedom to be free. Freedom to be free. It's for freedom that we have been set free. And sometimes we come out of the world and then we come in to a special setting, into the church, and then we begin to be bound again by this rule and that rule. But God wants us to be free. Why? Because he has a job for us to do. God has placed in us, before you even knew him, a gift and a calling. And nobody in this world can do for God what he has designed for you to do. Somebody ought to hear him today and say, you know what, it is for freedom that I have been set free. I dare not be bound by man. I dare not be bound by circumstances. I dare not be bound by what people think about me. Think about this woman. It says now that he was teaching in one of the churches on the Sabbath, or one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and in could no way raise herself up. But I love verse 12. When we come in, we ought to listen to what the preacher has to say. But we ought to listen to what, what God has to say to us. Because you, you ought to know that two sermons are going on. The one that I'm talking about and the one God is talking about. Because he has something that he wants to say to you. No matter what is going on, if wasn't nobody in this world but you, God still would have went to the cross. Yes, Lord. You need to know that today. Amen. Verse 12 said, but when Jesus saw her, he called her. Don't miss that. When Jesus saw her, he called her to himself and said to her, woman, you are loosed. I know you've been over. I know you think you can't make it. And I think last Sunday, the sister was talking about generational curses. And her testimony was awesome about what God was showing her in her environment, in her family, in her situation. And I think sometimes when we hear that, that all sounds well and good. But God wants you to know that I'll do the same thing for you. Amen. And we're not going to be able to do it outside of him. But without him, we can do nothing. I love when, when the word of God said the word was made flesh and dwelled among us. God is with us. We come in every Sunday and we look for Jesus in a tomb. But he's not there. He's risen. God is with us. He himself promised. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. I can imagine in my mind being in this woman's shoes for 18 years, bent over, bowed down. I couldn't, she couldn't straighten herself up. But the Bible said this sister got up every Sunday, even though she was bound, and she made her way to the synagogue. She kept coming. Life done dealt me a bad hand, but I'm going to church. I won't hear it unless I go to where God is speaking. 
I'm going to church. I'm going to get myself ready. I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to church. Week after week. And I know that she was praying. I know she had been praying for 18 years. And she was not delivered. God wasn't saying nothing. Kind of like the sister that was talking to God about her daughter. And the Bible said he said not a word. But she kept coming. She wasn't delivered, but she kept coming. No matter how, it seemed like God was not paying attention. She kept coming, and she kept trusting. She wasn't bitter. She wasn't resentful. But she kept coming to church. Keep going. We said, we quoted, faith come by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But do you not know that what he said is what we should walk in whether we feel like it or not? Whether we see it or not, that's faith. Keep coming. But when Jesus saw her, he called her and said to her. He spoke to her. He didn't speak to her neighbor. He didn't speak to her sister. He he did not speak to the people that was in the place with her. He spoke to her. Sometimes you come in and you're feeling all bad, you're feeling all taxed and worn, and you come in with an open heart and an open mind. I don't know what's going on, but it's that time. God will call you out. God will speak to your situation. And sometimes you know that what you left at home was terrible. But in this place of worship, in this place of being in the presence of God, things change. Your mindset changed. I know what I left at home, but you know what? I'm not going to worry about that right now. I know what was at home. I know all the bad things that's going to face me tomorrow, but I'm not going to worry about that right now. Why are you in here? That thing that has you bound and bent over and worried, God is dealing with it right now. God knows the way that you take. Woman, man, you loose. You loose. You loose to do what I tell you to do. You loose to be you. Because sometimes we have a problem with being ourselves. You know how we come in and we want to mimic the person next to us? We want to mimic that family over there. I want to be just like them. But God wants to deal with you. God wants to bless you. God wants to come into your house and sit at your table and do something in your family. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Sometimes we see all the things that are going wrong in our lives. But what we need to do is stay in the service of the Lord. Stay there. Stick with it. Stay in the service. When things get hard, we ought to look to the one who has the answer. God got the answer. We need to look to the one who made the promise to us. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Hebrews says it like this. For he himself said it. I will never leave you. Look, on, look it up. It's in there. I said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. We ought to stay with God. We ought to say what he said. If the situation is bad, God said we can call those things that be not as though they were. If God made you a promise, he'll do it. If God spoke to you, look for it. Get up in the morning time and say, you know what? I'm going to look for this promise. I know God spoke to me. So you say what he say. If he say you're healed, guess what? You heal. If he said, woman, you loose, guess what? You loose. If God said you can make it, guess what? 
you can make it. We been talking about at, at the house for a couple of days about desiring, about being in a, in a hard place and about being in the furnaces of life. But do you not know that the Bible says that the refining pot is for silver and the furnace is for gold? Somebody missed that. Gold ain't scared of the fire. It's got to get hot to bring it to where it needs to be. So fire is for purifying. Fire is for perfecting. Fire is for burning away everything that ain't right, that what is good and straight and, 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 and strong will remain. God will burn up every, off everything about you that ain't like him. That's what we want. We want God to deal with us. God, we want God to purify us. We want, to, we want God to make us into what he would have us to be. God, I've been in this place a long time. God, how long? I know that's what she was crying out. How long, Lord, will I be in this place? But we got to remember that the one who put us in the fire, it's long and it's hard for us. It's a long time, but guess what? He got his eyes on the clock. He know how long. Not only do he have his eyes on the clock, but he got his hand. You know how you go to, my God, it's cold in here, and you're up it. You're up there. You know how you go to your, your thermostat and lift it up a little bit. Let's crank that up. He got his eyes on the clock and his hand on that thing that either, either cools you or makes you warm. God got it in control. So we got to know that my life, it's in his hand. Ain't that, ain't that the purpose of us coming in and learning what God has to say? And making the word flesh. I heard you, God. I'm making the word flesh. Why? Because I'm going to go out and I'm going to be what God called me to be. And I'm going to be it. I don't care what you think. If God said it, he'll do it. Say what God says about your situation, about your family, about your children, about your world. And about your church. Say what God say. That's how generational curses are broken. That's how traditions are broken. Traditions are good in their place. But it's not the law. It's not the law. Now I got a list for me. And that list worked for me. I can't take my list and line you up by my list. Listen now. Generational curses will be broken. And we'll be made free. Why? Because we trust the one who took the curse for us. He really did. God took the curse for us. I know you're educated, but he did it. <laughs> oh, God, he did it. And when you think about what he did, you ought to get excited because can't nobody do me like Jesus. Colossians chapter 2. Let's start with verse 9. I want you to see something. Let's start with verse 9. Uh, let's start with verse 8. For uh, beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. For in him 
dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principalities and powers. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of sin of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses, that's shouting stuff, having wiped out the handwriting of requirement that was against us. Yeah. And was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and power, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it. Every handwriting. Yeah. You might not have it. You might not have what they have. But every handwriting, everything that was against you that the world or the enemy tried to use against you, you can hold up your paper and say, this thing, Christ nailed to the cross. He nailed it to the cross when he died. Yeah, that too. That thing that, you, yeah, he did that too. God did it. Yes, nailed it to the cross and took it out of the way so you can be free. Freedom to be free. You set free to be free because the world will bind you up and tell you what you cannot do. But if God said it, you can do it. Yes, he, you can do it if he said it. Woman, you are loosed. You're free, sister. You can go and serve me. You're free, sister. You're free. You're free, brother. Yeah, you free. Yes. God has set us free to be free. We don't have to be bound by what people think and what the world say and all the, the regulations and rules and things that they put on us. We got to break out of that place and let God use us for who he called us to be. Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hand on her and immediately... She was made straight. Not tomorrow, not six years from now, not next week. God did it suddenly, straightforward, straightway. The Bible said she was made straight and glorified God. I remember years ago in the world, and God was just drawing me unto himself. I don't know what yours was, but I was drinking beer. I was tearing it up. But I was seeking God. I didn't know what this thing was that I'm trying to feel in myself. God, what is it? And I began to pray. I want the taste gone. I want it gone, Lord. I don't want this thing in my life. And I remember praying. And I remember my son coming home, his first uh, time coming back home from, from, from up here and Dad went, went to church, and, and when I got out, I had my favorite thing sitting over there. He said, I can't, but I had prayed. He said, I can't believe you just sang like you sang, <laughs> and now you're drinking beer. That's been years ago. But he said it, but it was God speaking to me. I heard it. It stabbed me right in my heart, conviction. 
And I remember after he left going to bed and in the middle of the night, I remember the spirit of God seemed like he just shook me. And I got up and I began to walk. And God said to me almost like he was standing here and I could hear him. He said, now you've been praying about this thing a long time. He said, I took it then. And it was like he was standing there saying, what are you going to do? I laid it in his hand. I put it in his hand. And he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. God has been faithful to do just that. He said, now you prayed a long time ago. You've been praying a long time. But I took it the day you prayed. Some of us need to hear. You remember Daniel? You remember in Daniel when Daniel was praying and the Bible said he had been praying for a long, three weeks. And Micah, is Micah the fire, uh, fighting angel? Was it Micah that came to us and said, okay, your prayer's been answered. And here it is, three weeks later. So I had to fight, brother, to get it to you. you it was answered then, but I had to fight. I had to fight the enemy. I had to fight the prince of Persia to get it to you. I had to fight to get your answer to you. So we got to trust God. If he said it, he'll do it. We got to know that God is not slack concerning this promise. Every promise, every promise, not one, but every promise in him is yay and what? Amen. Settled. And we got to know the God that we say we serve. We got to know him. He want us to know him. You ain't got to do nothing special. All you need to do is stay in your lane. God call you out, stay out. Huh? If he call you out, stay out. You got a line behind you saying, God done changed her life. You might not know it, but they know it. You might not know it, but they know it. Walk upright. Walk the way God tells you to walk. Do what God tells you to do. But guess what? People ain't happy. They don't want you to be delivered. Now, verse 14 says, but the ruler, <laughs> the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. He was mad. He was angry. He was furious. Instead of saying, you know what? Hallelujah. Praise God. We've been praying for her. We didn't know what to do, but God, I'm glad you showed up. But he got mad. Can you imagine coming here and the pastor saying, why are y'all coming here today to be here? Yeah, you got here, but you shouldn't have got here today. You need to come on the day that you work and get here. That's what he said. Ain't that what? Because Jesus had here on the Sabbath. He said to the crowd, he didn't even have a nerve, enough nerve and enough nerve. Something in him to talk to Jesus. He talked to the folk. He talked to the people out there. Hey, y'all, you need to come on any given day, Monday through Saturday, and be here. Don't come in here. Let me, let me, let me back up. You need to come in and not be here on Saturday because that's the Sabbath. You need to come on them days that you're working and be here. What kind of hope is that? Come on. I'm coming, but I ain't got no hope. I keep coming and they ain't going to allow me to have no hope. I can't change, but you keep coming. Just keep coming. Just keep showing up. Ain't nothing in it, but just keep coming. Ain't no hope in that. There are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be here on them and not on the Sabbath. Look out now. 
the man who said the Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath, hey, I'm a greater Sabbath. I'm right here. He didn't oppose the Son of God and telling Jesus what he can't do. He didn't talk to him, but I love Jesus. He talked to the crowd, but Jesus talked to him. <laughs> oh, you spoke to them, but I hear you, brother. And so I'm going to address you. Now you take your ox out to be water. You take your cow out to be water. But you're going to tell me that this woman ain't good enough to be healed on the Sabbath. You take them out on the Sabbath. Let, let me back up. You're doing for your dogs. You're taking them to the vet. You're making sure they got food. They coming into your house getting warm. You're buying them, them towels and, and blankets. And here's your neighbor, children. They don't have no socks. They don't have no clean clothes. They might not have water. They might not have food. And you can kind of feel like the prodigal said, I would have ate it if they had gave it to me. We do it for the animals. They good enough. And you're going to tell me that this woman ain't worth being loose, been bound for 18 years. You treat your animals far better than you treating this poor woman. Jesus called him a hypocrite. <laughs> you hypocrite. Do not each of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound. We put it on everything else. But he said Satan bound her. Satan got her tied up. Satan got her tied up where every time you walk, you walk two steps, he pull you back. You remember when you used to do that? You walk another step, he said, they ain't going to believe you. You know what you did last night. But you got to break away from that strain because God has set you free. God has set you free and he's there. Anything that you need to do, you got help and you got it from the Lord. The Lord himself will walk beside you. The Lord himself will help you. He is our helper. What can man do to you? God is with you. He won't leave you. He'll strengthen you. He'll help you. He'll give you hope in a hopeless situation. Satan bound her. Satan is bounding you. Satan wants to bound me, but we got to tear him. We got to look at him. Get behind me, say, but what I love about God, even the one who walking with God, you remember Peter, Lord, I can't let you go to the cross. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. It's our thinking sometimes that calls us to be bound. We won't come outside of our box because we know everything. But if you stop making it up, if you let God in, God will set you free in the spirit of your mind because we got to be renewed. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. What we think, it ain't God. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But he know everything. If he told you to go to the left, he know what's on the left. Go left. If he said don't go right, don't do it. He might let you go right tomorrow, but today you need to go left. He know the way we take. But this ruler. Now, this woman was bound in her body. She was bent over, bowed down, and could in no wise raise herself up. Can you imagine that? Walking with, just bowed over, looking down. Because the enemy don't want you to look up. You mess around and look up. I tell you, that's where your help come from. 
He wants you to stay down. He wants you to keep walking with your head down, looking at the ground, looking at your shoe. Just keep walking. He wants to keep you tied up. But this brother, even though her body was bent and she couldn't get up, he was in worse shape than she was. Why? Because his mind was bound. His heart was bound because he didn't have no heart for God's people. So when we get to a place where tradition is more important than God's people, when, when tradition is better and the service going, did you see them? They passed the tray and they didn't even uh, uh, greet the neighbors. Do you saw what they did? They had this out of place today. It don't matter. It don't matter. God may come in. That's why he can't get in. He's trying to hit the door and get in and do something different and we won't let him. His mind was bound. He cared more about the, the service and, and things going right in the synagogue that he did about this woman being set free. When following a certain protocol overrides and overrules us helping somebody when it's good, when it can help them, that ain't what God wants us to do. God wants us to be able to serve him and worship him and serve people. That's what he wants us to do. You can't do everything, but you can do something. You can't do it all, but you can do something. So God wants us to help those. If we can help them today, why put it off to tomorrow? Now, Jesus could have waited to the next day if he didn't want no conflict. So you know what? I think I'll wait to tomorrow because I know what they're going to do. I know they're going to have a fit. So I'm going to wait till tomorrow. One day won't make a difference. If she's been, been over for 18 years, one more day won't hurt her. But Jesus did it on purpose. <laughs> he did it on purpose. Why? Because he wanted to show. I'm God and I can, I can lift up and I can tear down. I can lift you up. And then another reason he did it. Satan was in there. Satan was in the synagogue. And he wanted to prove a point. I'm still God. I'm going to set her free. Don't you think when you come in here, <laughs> don't you think everybody in here for the right reason? Some folk coming just to keep you bound up. Some folk coming just to keep you tied up. I'm going to see what they're going to do today. I'm going to see what they're going to say today. I'm going to look at them hard today. And I'm going to cause them not to do what they The devil is a lie. He's always been a lie. And the truth is not in him. Jesus could have postponed that healing to help some, uh, to make them. <laughs> oh, boy, he did just what I wanted him to do. But see, God do it on purpose. He know, he know the day. Any given time, time after time after time, God, Jesus go to see about one person. And I love it. She didn't see him and made her way to him, make her way to him. He saw her. And he called her. And he healed her. He saw her. She didn't, I don't know whether she saw him or not, but the Bible said when he saw her. You remember the woman at the well? He needed to go through that place. Why? Because this yes, sister Lord. was at the well. Yes, one person. Amen. You remember the widow of Nan? One woman. One widow. But her only son was dead. Jesus had to go through there. You remember the man that was in the tomb and the Bible said they couldn't even even chained him. He was just, wow. Jesus had to go through that. To yes, set this man free. Ain't that why he came? I know you don't believe me. 
You don't believe me. Luke chapter 4 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive. I love that. And recovering of sight to the blind, to set the set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable gift of the Lord. And I love it. Then he closed the book and sat down and said, today. Today. We know today the scripture is fulfilled. And it's fulfilled in him. Yes, Lord. Then we just read, in him dwell all, all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Yes. It's in him. And guess what, y'all? We complete, not in ourselves, but in him. Satan wants to bind, bind you. Not only that, sin also will bend us over. Sorrow. You know, somebody can uh, grieve and grieve and grieve and grieve to just, just worn out, bent over, don't want to do anything. Suffering can do the same thing. God, you ain't coming to see about me. But that's why we need to hear what God is saying to the church. If you got ears, hear what God is saying to the church. And see, we want to wrestle it. We want to make ourselves right. We want to pull our own self up by our bootstrap. But see, God's saying, I done already did it. You fighting for the victory, but you need to fight from it. The victory won, y'all. He done already fought the battle, so we need to fight from what he said. Pastor just read verse 14 of Ephesians 2 said, for he himself has become what? Our peace. God is faithful. Can't nobody do it but him. In 2 Corinthians 5 and, 20 and 21, 2 Corinthians, it says that he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. 17 says, for any man that's in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, not yesterday, but right now. Not tomorrow, but right now. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. He became sin for us. That sin, God became it for you. Yeah, you can go to our common ground is at the cross. The cross at the cross, that's where you see the light. Jesus came to set the captive free. He died for us all. God wants us to know him. That's where our peace is. It's in him. It's not in this world. It's not in this world's system. It's not in your husband and your wife. It ain't in your education and how much money you got. It ain't in how much you know. But it's still in him. It's in him that we live. It's in him that we move. It's in him that we have our being. It's in him that we walk. It's in him that we talk. If he ain't talking, we can't talk. It is for freedom that he set us free. Don't worry about what's going on in the world. They're doing the same thing when you came out of it. They're still doing the same thing. The world's going to do the same thing. But for you and for me, let's follow Christ. Let's follow him. And I love him because he will come and he'll talk to us. Do different things for different people. He'll do it. He do it different ways. Why? Because he's already designed us to be who we are to be. Yes. God has already given us gifts. Yes. And he's already given us talent. Sometimes 
We just uh, we have to stir it up. It's in there. <laughs> we have to stir it up. Stir up the gift. How long halt you between two opinions? Amen. If God is God, follow him. If God is God, follow him. He know the way. I remember him telling Joshua, okay, I want you to do this many paces. Tell the people to stay back. Why? You ain't been this way before. You got, you got to get some direction. Hear what God has to say. He spoke to the crowd, but Jesus spoke to him. You loose your ox and your donkeys. You do that on the Sabbath. You wash your car. <laughs> you shout for Alabama and Auburn on the, on, on the Sabbath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but God, that's how generational things are broken. You made up your mind. I made mine up. It stopped right here. I didn't know nothing. But I knew I heard the voice of God. I, you don't know nothing, but you know that you know it's something about when God speaks. Amen. It's something about when he speaks, it changes things. Amen. It changes the way you look at things. You might not know nothing else, but all I know, be like the boy in, in, in John, all I know is I was blind, but now I see. Don't ask me how he looked, what he did. All I know, <laughs> all I know is now I can see. It's something about when God show up. When God show up, he changed some things. He changed some situations, and then he changed some people. He changed us. This sister, for 18 years, 18 years, but I'm telling you what, time will bring about a change. It's always a time. It's always a set time. That's why the word encourage us to not grow weary. And well-doing. For in due season, we will reap if we don't faint. So we got to learn how to stick with it. We got to learn how to keep walking. Yes, it get hard. Yes, it hurts sometimes. But we got to keep following God. He is real. Jesus said it like this. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. It's life. Amen. The word is life. It gives you hope. It gives you direction. Yes, Lord. Scripture says in John that the law was given by Moses. It came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Yes, Lord. He wants to set us free. It is for freedom that we have been set free. God wants to be free to worship him, and he wants us to be free to serve him. He wants us to be free to do what he's called us to do. And he called us individually. And in closing, number one, somebody missed that. In closing, number one, I'm going to get ready to close this. But Matthew chapter 11, I think it is, and verse 28 says, come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, 
and my burden is light. And one of a, a, a hundred of my favorite scriptures is, is Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, it talks about who we are in Christ and our righteousness that we have in him. Yeah. And God is so faithful, and he'll do just what he said. Romans chapter 8, out of all that we've heard today, Romans chapter 8, verse 31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercessions for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that love us. Yes, for I am persuaded, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is for freedom that we have been made free.